Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello and welcome to another Wessex LMCs podcast. My name is Laura Edwards and I'm one of the Joint Chief Executives at Wessex LMCs and a GP in Hampshire. And today I'm going to be joined by Angela Hayes. Hello, Angela. Hello there. Hi. And Angela is going to talk to us about climate change and get us thinking about that um, at, at this time when lots of other things are going on, but it's something that's so important. So Angela, we're delighted that you can join us today. Um, will you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why we've invited you on this podcast? Okay, so um, I'm a clinical nurse specialist at the Christie Hospital in Manchester. Um, so something completely unrelated to climate change and the environment. And um, But I've started to be funded to work for um, a number of hours, a small number of hours at my trust um, looking at sustainability. Um, I've ended up getting involved with that just really through my general passion and concern about the climate crisis and then uh, have done things in my home life. And then I've just kind of thought about the waste and uh, the carbon footprint of healthcare. And then so I've taken this passion and drive to my workplace and just kind of just been a bit like a terrier really with it and just kind of kept going, kept going and and and, and badgering people so that... Um, they've grad you know over time have agreed to let me um work you know do some funded work in the hospital working on this so yeah. I think that's really innovative that's really good to hear and I'm, I'm slightly jealous that, that you've got that because I think we would love something like that in in primary care um, but I do remember from my days in hospital of of, of watching the waste and even doing something similar uh, as simple as putting in a cannula um, the amount of plastic and bits of paper mm-hmm. that you generated you'd have a pile on one side um, and the same thing putting a catheter in you know there was this whole set of waste that you would generate and then put in the bin um and and you you kind of have to do some things but you also I was very mindful of how much waste we were generating Um, and hospitals are vast places aren't they um and so uh, the amount of energy they consume uh is is it's just mind-boggling really isn't it absolutely yeah as I've started to do um more and more sustainability work the facts and figures that I'm kind of exposed to I've I've learned recently that if healthcare were a country it would be the fifth largest polluter wow is that healthcare is that healthcare globally then yes yes yeah so and it has a carbon footprint the same size as all of Denmark or Croatia you know so countries like this so it's massive yeah yeah and I think there has been a culture really of of quite different to our homes. And again, I think the energy crisis has got a lot of us to reflect on our attitude towards lights being on. So it's yeah. really interesting. I was reflecting with some family members who are slightly older and they said, whenever I used to go in a room or out of a room, I always switched the light on and off. But then I sort of haven't. Like yeah. I seem to have drifted out of that habit. And now the energy crisis has happened. The bills have gone up. Everyone's suddenly gone back. And they said, "Absolutely." I, I, I've noticed that I stopped doing that. Um, and I now need to do that. But I think in hospitals, you you know, you see the lights glowing, don't you? If you're near oh, a hospital, yeah. you see them glowing out. I know. And, and you think, mm, is, is actually somebody in all of those rooms or corridors or and places? Possibly not. And possibly not. And I think what, um, what I found as well is that people might kind of be concerned about environmental things in their home life. Absolutely. And then because they're not footing the bill, it, it seems to be something that they're less concerned about as soon as they step over the threshold of their workplace. And we need to be 
kind of working responsibly and thinking responsibly about our environmental footprint in our workplace as well as our home life because as taxpayers we are footing the bill so yeah absolutely and and I think it's it's every little help so I remember again another relative reflecting to me they they were getting quite kind of switched on and and they said they're not they're not particularly passionate about it but they'd gone and they'd watched um a a healthcare professional who'd washed their hands which is a great thing um but they were taking out the paper towels and they said they just took out they had this it obviously had it as automated they would go one two three four and then they dried their hands on four paper towels and she said she became fascinated by watching this she's like you don't need four paper towels <laughs> and you're doing this how many times a day and she said it suddenly yeah. became this thing that she was just like oh and once she noticed it she was quite horrified but the nurse the, I think it was a nurse but the healthcare professional who was doing it obviously had just got into this pattern yeah. and nobody was ever going to say stop doing that because that's a really uncomfortable conversation but at the same time they were using four times as many paper yeah. towels as they potentially needed um, every time they washed their hands which all adds up and if you multiply that by the number of staff on a ward, if if people are doing that um, the, over a week, it's actually kind of phenomenal, um, both from a cost point of view, because this is the NHS's money, yeah. um, but also like from the little trees that have given their lives for this. Absolutely. It's just really wasteful. So um, I, I, I would have loved to be able to have that conversation um, with with that healthcare professional and say, do you need four paper towels? <laughs> Have you even thought about it? And I think you're, you're right that we're a massive organisation and if we all did something, it's going to have far more of an impact than a few people trying to do everything. Yeah. And um, and it's about trying to, I'm, I'm sure this person, once they start thinking about that particular waste, will then maybe think about something else that is wasteful. And before you know it, you kind of grab down that green journey like like I'm on at the moment. And yeah. I think I'm quite late to the party as well, I think. Um, but it's it's remarkable how one thing then triggers you to think about something else and um and off you go. And before you know and, it, there's no off switch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and can you give us an idea of some of the things? Because I think you talked about um, that you've got some green projects going. And again, you've been able to stimulate some of this in the hospital, which is fantastic. Yeah. Can you give us an idea of some of the ideas that you're beginning to progress or get people to think about? OK, so the first one that isn't part of um, the project that we'd, we're, we're running a green team competition at the hospital that's led by the Centre for Sustainable Healthcare. Um, so that's a se- separate project. One of the things that we're looking at outside of that is the Gloves Off campaign, which was um, mm. promoted by the RCN. So it's about wearing gloves appropriately, wearing them when when we might not be and not wearing them um when we don't need to so um so there's that that's going on at the moment that we're just um getting going with but the green team competition is something that looks at three elements um of sustainable healthcare, which um wants to look at reducing carbon reducing costs but also bringing about social benefits so they might be benefits to patients or they might be benefits to the staff um so one example that we're trialing within my own team actually um, is uh, a light source treatment. It's called photobiomodulation, and it's um, an LED light source treatment that we give to patients to 
uh, put in their mouths so it works a bit like a lollipop and then also a shower head that patients who have head and neck cancers put on at their mouths and they're treated just for this lysol treatment and the idea is that it prevents the breakdown of the mucus linings um, which very often happens when patients have uh, chemotherapy and radiotherapy so many of our cancer patients have um, head and neck patients will struggle with this and the, the light source treatment helps to kind of preserve the lining of the mucosa so they don't get that breakdown and therefore they don't need um, complex pain management uh, and pain regimes they don't need um, uh, enteral feeding through tubing um, you know through NG tubes or gastrostomy tubes and they don't need admission so it helps save a load of money for the NHS uh, it helps save a load of carbon and it also is miles better for patients and also for staff as in that patients yes. if they stay well they don't need to come into hospital and that's kind of the um, the benefits of this green and more streamlined thinking is thinking can we do things as preventative ways are there different ways that we can manage our patients that we that then mean that those precious resources that we have in the NHS and kind of in the planet we can preserve those for those that absolutely need them rather you know the things that we can do differently and I think that's a key thing about the kinds of work that I do with that sustainability role. Yes. Oh gosh. Well, as a pa- as a patient, if that were me, I would desperately want that. I know. Um, it sounds much better than admissions to hospital. I, I know. I know you work in a hospital every day, but um, <laughs> most people don't absolutely. actually enjoy being in them. They're, no, they're not no. that much fun. So. Um, and the other thing about this treatment as well is that they come in every day, and we time it when they're having the radiotherapy treatment. So it isn't an extra trip to the hospital. Oh, that's good. They yeah. come in every day, and then they spend just five ten minutes with our staff, and we just chat to them about things. So. So it can be also helpful from a psychological point of view, just from a how things go in generally. So it just ticks so many boxes. So that's in the competition, whether or not it wins. There are some other great <laughs> ideas as well, but that's just one of them. I know it's, it's great. And, and have you become, obviously, your hospital base, but have you seen any great ideas in primary care? Or is there anything we should be really mindful of in primary care that you think, oh, I'd love to spread this? <laughs> so, so the main thing that I've come across from a primary care perspective is about the greener inhalers. So different inhalers carry different um, very different carbon footprints and uh, the dry powder inhalers um, are the inhalers that are much kinder to the environment. So the metered dose inhaler with the propellant has a carbon footprint equivalent from driving uh, from London to Sheffield, whereas the dry powder versions have a much ki- uh, much kinder to the environment and are like driving from one area in London to another area in London. Um, and then also my understanding is that, you know, for, uh, been an asthmatic myself, the dry powder inhalers are so much easier to take. The technique that you need to take them um, is, is far less complicated. So um, my asthma has been better controlled by using these dry powder inhalers that mean you just suck them rather than have to catch them, which is a bit with the propellant as a real, um, you know, user. Urgency, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that would be that. I think that's the main thing that, from my understanding, that's going on in primary care, mm. that um, 
and, and inhalers do make up a big part of that carbon footprint of the NHS. So that's the big thing that that's the big thing. Think, yeah. So I think yeah. sometimes there's a bewildering array of inhalers. Again, as the market works, so it can be somewhat overwhelming to try and choose which is the best on a clinical basis. Let alone take mm. into account sort of these other factors. I think there definitely has been a move because it's been realised that the dry powder ones are actually you know really good in a number of ways. Yeah. Um, but that might be something that, again, anyone listening to this, if you work in primary care and you're whether you're a GP or nurse, whether you have a conversation as a team, um, yeah. because it, it may be that you as an individual have figured this out. Um, and uh, perhaps you could share that with your team and have a really yeah. big impact, not only for patients, but also for the environment. And likewise, if you haven't figured it out, maybe you sit down in this team and, and, and do a little bit of research. And there are some resources out there. I think some areas have now made like, you know, nice, straightforward sheets that have all this stuff on because the BNF isn't necessarily kind of the most helpful resource for this. No, no. Um, so you want something where it's on the side of A4, really, with pictures. Um, that's kind of what we'd like. So um, that's that's really helpful. Now, um, what would what would be your main message about climate change, do you think, Angela? So I think my main message would be that it's we're seeing evidence of um the climate crisis here and now um, it's not just something that should be the role of guys in estates that are you know switching to more energy efficient light bulbs and you know looking at our recycling it's about thinking about the different ways that we can reduce our own carbon footprint and influence our patients and I think thinking green can be beneficial um, to patients well, health and well-being and it should be part and parcel of everybody's clinical roles as well it should literally be um, an item on your agenda for each meeting that you're at it should be just like we think about the financial costs of our decision making the carbon costs of our decision making should be embedded into that because of the um, the association with health and the health risks and the mortality and risks um, around um, associated with health linked to climate change and the climate crisis so I think it just needs to be just part of everybody's day-to-day thinking. There are some really good challenges in there I think you're absolutely right we're beginning to see aren't we how climate change impacts on health in an adverse way it's not it's not just about kind of the polar bears it's it is yes. also about humans health as well um, and that is across the world that's here as well as as, as abroad yeah. and um, and I think that's a really good challenge of what meetings what forums should we actually be thinking green as well um, as, as much as those other things that have caught our attention and focus yeah. at the moment yeah. um, because often they do add up together not always I have this debate with my husband of um, trying to pick the green choice isn't always of a financial benefit no, um, no. Or, or convenience benefit um, but actually it's it's something as a factor to take into account in the decisions as well isn't it definitely definitely so Angela just to end on have have your has your passion ever got you into any funny or difficult situations at all because you're clearly very enthusiastic I am and like I say I don't have an off switch on this um so there's been a couple of examples that I can share that um um, yeah I'll kind of admit to and the first one is where I'll often go to a ward and find lights are on in bathrooms and toilets and 
computers are left running and and this kind of thing and I'll be very annoying and, and t turn them off um, but I've been a bit kind of overzealous one time and actually switched off some lights on a patient who was actually using the loo so plunged them into complete darkness <laughs> much to the hilarity of the uh, the guys in the rest of the bay who witnessed this as who I was saw like, you do sorry <laughs> sorry so I did that one time and then another time was when we were running a, a no idling campaign we did it with the local school kids and um so it's about leaving car engines and that idling, which is really bad for the environment. So um, I was coming out of work and um, there was a police car, policeman sat in his um, in his car with a criminal, somebody in the background, uh, in the back of his car. And um, he'd got his engine idling and I asked him, would he be happy to turn his engine off? And um, <laughs> I just thought, even if he just tells me, you know, tells me to go away in no uncertain terms, it's quite a good, funny dinner party story. He didn't turn his engine off. He said he needed it running for the radio, but I didn't stop there. And I went then went and contacted his superintendent and had oh! a reply back. So I say I have no off switch. I have no shame. <laughs> well, there you go. You've set the bar high for I it. I have. Very <laughs> high. That is true enthusiasm and passion there, Angela. Um, thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, it's, it's great to, to be thinking about these things. Um, we all have quite a lot on our minds at the moment, so it is sometimes hard to fit this in as well. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think yeah. the most important thing is taking care of yourself when you're at work um, so that you're sustainable as an individual. Um, but there's some really good challenges there. If, if you can, think about this stuff as you're making these choices. And again, in primary care, we're bringing in social prescribers, which fit really beautifully into this agenda of not, not reaching out for, for medications um, if we don't have to, because again, as GPs and nurses, we don't like to do that if we don't have to. Um, so hopefully that will help us make a greener choice as well. So I'm going to bring this to a close and I'm, I'm going to go and make myself a cup of tea with the right amount of water in the kettle. Oh yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish you a brilliant day, Angela. Thank you so much for thank joining you. us today. Thank you very and thank much. Thank you everyone to listening to another Wessex LMC's podcast. We hope to have you on another one soon. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.